Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing our examination of the book of Colossians. Okay, Colossians. We're in the first chapter, really at the end of the first chapter, and I started to move on to the second chapter, but I wanted to go back and think just a little bit more about something that we saw on the previous episode and even the one before, uh, because this is something that's really, really, really interesting, really useful, and something we need to know and be aware, because we're about to see it again in the second chapter. And it has to do with uh, what Paul's using as the word mystery. He says there's a mystery here in, in relating to some of these things. <coughs> it's a... Uh, uh, sometimes uh, it's called a secret doctrine, that kind of thing. But it's, you know, it, it does. And there is an idea of a secret, particularly when you see it in the way that the New Testament is using. There is a truth that was there all along, but we didn't uh, know it, didn't see it, didn't understand exactly what it was. Okay, didn't see what it was. And there's actually several things in Scripture that are related as mysteries okay and we've encountered one here already really a couple times in this chapter and i just want to go up here to verse uh, 24 and read out the balance of the chapter now i rejoice in my sufferings for your sake remember this is paul speaking and in my flesh i do my share on behalf of his body which is the church and filling up what is lacking in christ's affliction of this church i was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. That is the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations, but now has been made manifest to his saints. Let me stop right there. Notice <coughs> the mystery has been hidden from the past ages has been hit and so that shows you that there's intentionality within this and there's a proverb that actually speaks of that that it's the glory of god to hide a matter but it's the glory of the king to search the matter out okay god will hide these things so there's a mystery here that has been hidden from the past ages and generations but now it's been made manifest to his saints his holy ones okay it's been manifest verse 27 continues to whom god willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So what is the mystery here? You got it? The mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And all that's entailed with that, particularly in relationship to the uh, Gentiles. The mystery, that's one of the mysteries you see in, in the scripture, that the Jew and Gentile would be one. The other is the mystery of the church, what we're seeing right here, the body of Christ and how we function together. That Christ is in you, the Jew and Gentile. Look what he says, the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, 
the hope of glory. And again, he is uh, dealing with issues that he's already addressed about who Christ is. Remember early, early in this chapter, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of creation, that Jesus created everything at the behest of the Father. He created everything, and in him everything is created. Through him everything is held together, that he's the head of the church. Remember all that? And so the Jew and the Gentile who believe the members, the mystery that Christ is in us, mm -hmm. the mystery that he is the hope of glory. As a matter of fact, we're going to see some more about this in the beginning of the next chapter. I may read you a verse or two uh, in just a moment about that. It sort of ties some things together. Now, verse 28 and 29, the last two chapters, uh, uh, last two verses of chapter 1. We proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. So look what Paul was doing. He's saying, we're proclaiming Christ. We're proclaiming Christ. As a matter of fact, uh, in another writing, I think it was when he was writing back to the church at Corinth, when he had gone through uh, Athens, and he had waxed eloquent and quoted the uh, uh, a Greek poem and talked about all these kind of things, and he just sounded great and wonderful there on the Areopagus. Some people believed, but not a lot. Not a lot. And when he wrote back, he wrote the church of Corinth, and he says, you know what? He said, I have determined to preach nothing more or less than the, than the Lord Jesus Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection. I think there's a principle there for us. For us, I think there's a truth there. We get way, way too cute in the way that we try to live the life of kingdom people. We try to be attractive. We try to do this. We try to do that to get people to, quote, come to our church, to get people to come to this, to get people to believe certain things. And we don't do what the Scripture tells us. I mean, I've been on a roll with this lately. I mean, how many times have I said this? Probably every episode so far. That what you see in First Thessalonians, Paul said, we came to you not only in word, but in power and in the Holy Spirit and in full conviction. Okay? And so often I think we just come back, well, if I explain it real well, then they have to believe. No. No, that's not exactly it. Now, the Lord can move through his word in any way he wants to, and he does it all the time. But when we come along and we reject the power, when we're not fully convicted over what we're speaking about, when we are not moving within the power of the Holy Spirit, but moving within, the, at best, the flesh of man, okay, then why are we shocked when we don't see what we see in the Scripture here? People being transformed that way. So what Paul's saying, hey, you know what? We proclaim Jesus Christ, and we are admonishing. Boy, that sounds like a tough word. <laughs> it literally means to exhort, okay? Uh, to, to reprove, to caution, but really to exhort and to warn people, every man, and teaching every man with all wisdom, okay, with all wisdom. That word Sophia. And it just simply means uh, to have skill in speaking of something. They have cleverness, of wisdom, learning. In other words, you may know the truth about something. You may know the fact about it. But the Lord, there's a spiritual gift of wisdom, the spiritual empowering of wisdom, of what to do with that truth and how to communicate it. And so he's saying, hey, we're proclaiming Christ, and we're admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom. To what purpose? So that we may present every man complete in Christ. You know, that's an interesting thought. And Paul says this a lot in his writings, the idea that we are presenting somebody before the Lord, that we have a role and a responsibility even at that level 
uh, we in the Western church get a little uncomfortable with that mindset. But we really should have the right heart and do that in the right way and realize that this is a work that God's doing. And we're involved with it. He describes it that way in the last verse. For this purpose also, I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. So he's telling them, I am laboring, I'm working, and the power that I'm working for by is his power. I'm seeking to move within his power. I labor, and there's mighty works that are being done, but these are mighty works that are coming from him. Okay? Now, why is he doing this? Why is he sharing all this stuff? Well, we're going to see more about this in the next chapter. But he actually says in the fourth verse, he says, I say this to you, of chapter 2. I say this so that no one will delude you with persuasive argument. See, the whole reason that he's gone through these things in the first chapter about who they are, about who the Lord Jesus Christ is, about what's happening with him and how God's moving with him and the various things that's happened with him is that no one will delude you with persuasive arguments, which tells you what? That there were people that were trying to persuade them, that there were people that were trying to delude them, delude them away from a proper understanding of Paul and what Paul was doing to delude them and persuade them away from a proper understanding of the Lord Jesus Christ, what he has done and what he's doing and what he will do. And every one of these things that Paul is speaking of addresses some issue that is happening within that body. I think we need to give heed to this, folks. Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you in the next episode.